As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Putting the bow on preparations for the first week of the playoffs on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. It is Friday, December 11th, the end of the work week, the start of week 14 and the Fantasy Football playoffs. Of course, we do have one week 14 game already in the can, but 15 more to go as we say goodbye to buys and hello to you here on Fantasy Football in 15. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, always an exciting time in the fantasy football world. How you doing today? Doing really well, and I am amazed, but I am in the playoffs for flex despite a couple of pretty big <laughs> injuries to that team this season. That is beautiful. I am in my flex league playoff as well. Shout out to uh, our buddy Jake Seeley for putting those leagues together every single season, and that is uh, a league where I do not have a buy, so I will be active this week in those playoffs hopefully moving on really want one of those belts you know every year uh, we have a small entry fee and uh, part of that entry fee goes to paying for belts made by our friends at uh, fantasy jocks uh, real you know wwe style championship belts and i really i just want one you know, i'm not asking for too much i just want one of those you know to uh, to have uh, for the rest of my life so uh, really hoping that this can be uh, the year for that team but enough about us we are here to help you, and we are going to do that by talking about some of the biggest stories heading into the weekend. The first, Christian McCaffrey. Man, I just, what a lost year for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, expected to miss yet another game because of a quad injury that he tweaked last uh, two weeks ago. You know, the Panthers had a, a bye in week 13. So that happened two weeks ago. Things were going good, going good, and then tweaks it in practice. Things are not looking good for him. So. You're firing up Mike Davis with confidence this week, Derek, against the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not a, a bad Denver defense by any stretch, but I think the way the Panthers use Mike Davis lends itself to Davis being pretty firmly in season-long lineups. Thankfully, uh, I spent a ton of fab to get Mike Davis when I lost Christian McCaffrey earlier this season in flex, so uh, having them both in the same roster especially makes it really easy. If McCaffrey were healthy. He'd play. If he's not, Davis gets that spot. Uh, fortunately, you know, I think the Panthers should have at least some of their receivers healthy just based on the reports we've had over the course of the week. Uh, there is some concern of, of COVID possibly 
limiting that group. But as long as they're not completely wiped out at the position, I think this offense can put points on the board against Denver, and we could see Mike Davis turn in his kind of typical RB2 level performance. Yeah, you got to start him if he's out, if you've got him on your team. And there's no Christian McCaffrey, but yes, you are looking at RB2 numbers. As we know, uh, he was doing a great Christian McCaffrey impression when he first took over as the starter in Carolina, but that has waned and he has settled more into the low-end RB2 expectations that we had for him when McCaffrey first suffered his first injury of the season. On the good side of the injury ledger, Josh Jacobs is expected to play. He missed last week's game for the Raiders with an ankle injury. You got 16 uh, very nondescript carries from Devontae Booker. 50 yards on those 16 carries. Josh Jacobs expected to be able to get back on the field against the Colts this week. This is pretty simple. If you've got Josh Jacobs, you're playing him, even knowing that this is a tough matchup against a full-strength Indianapolis defense. This is not the unit that Derrick Henry ran all over a couple of weeks ago when DeForest Buckner was out while he was spending time on the COVID list. I don't know if there's really anything more to say there, Derek. Maybe a look at Josh Jacobs in the DFS world? Maybe. I, I do think the concern I have is that he hasn't been as efficient in year two as he was during his rookie season. His yards per carry mark down a full yard from where it was last season. Josh Jacobs got 4.8 yards per tote as a rookie sitting at 3.8 through 11 games this season. Uh, and not as involved in the passing game as I would have expected, especially when we go back and look at the game log. Week one against Carolina, Josh Jacobs was targeted six times. I think we all saw that in the opener and thought, this is the year. We have a new RB1 on our hands. He hasn't matched that total in targets in any game since. A lot of threes and fours in the ledger, but even in more recent weeks, he's having a, a reduced role in that facet. So you do wonder if he's been playing at less than 100% for a prolonged stretch this season with that reduced efficiency and with that somewhat limited role in the passing game. But I do think if you're looking at tournament plays in DFS, Josh Jacobs should be a relatively low-used player with a reasonable ceiling in this matchup. Yeah, you know, our, our one of our Vegas Raiders beat writers, I always say Vegas Raiders, it just feels natural to say Vegas instead of Las Vegas. One of our Las Vegas Raiders beat writers, Vic Tafer, I remember him beating the drum for this being, you know, maybe a 50-catch season for Josh Jacobs. And, you know, it's a 40-catch season is definitely still possible. He would have to be pretty active in the passing game. He's got 27 catches right now. But, you know, maybe as we start to uh, think ahead to 2021, that could still be a spot where Josh Jacobs elevates his game and finds even a little bit more production that maybe is going to fly under the radar this offseason. But we're not worried about that just yet. Happy to have him back against the Colts in Week 14. A couple of injuries on the Buccaneers receiver group that we should get to here. Chris Godwin, first good news, thumbs up, practiced in full. He had a pre-planned procedure during the bye week to remove the pins that were in his finger, in his fractured finger, uh, when he had to have that surgery that cost him a game. Uh, this was always going to happen during the bye week. They took the pins out, didn't practice on Wednesday, or practice in limited fashion, back there in full on Thursday. So all systems go for Chris Godwin against the Vikings this week. We did, however, have a surprise no practice among the Bucks receivers, and this was for Mike Evans. No practice because of a hamstring injury. Friday's practice report will be huge for him, but Derek, let's say we are here on Sunday. This is a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so not going to have to make any tough decisions, but let's just say Mike Evans doesn't go. What's the effect on Antonio Brown and Tom Brady? You know, I think not having Evans hurts the offense a little bit as a whole, but because they have Antonio Brown, it makes Brown much more palatable to start 
in a season-long league. I could see extra targets going in the direction of Rob Gronkowski. I think they can get by with two receivers in Gronk and still be the Tampa Bay offense that we want them to be for the most part. It's a nice matchup against the Vikings. That game should shoot out, and they had an extra week to prepare with that late Week 13 bye week. So uh, hopefully we'll see Mike Evans get a practice in before the end of the week and get the all clear for Sunday. If we don't, I'm not really downgrading anybody in this offense. It's actually slight upgrades for the other pass catchers with the extra targets. We are absolutely same page in it here. Derek Antonio Brown goes from more of a fringy wide receiver three to an easy play. Tom Brady, yeah, you're disappointed, but you're still playing him. If Mike Evans does play, then I'm you know considering Antonio Brown. Not an easy guy to get right into the lineup, no doubt about it, but still probably someone who... You know, obviously everyone who has Antonio Brown, their rosters are different. I would say like three out of every five Antonio Brown managers probably going to want to have him in the lineup rather than out of the lineup if Mike Evans is indeed able to go. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, another big-time receiver dealing with a hamstring injury that could cost him another game. This is Julio Jones, a no-practice on Thursday because of that hammy uh, that uh, has been bothering him for some time. He did play last week through the injury, this week looking perhaps a little bit iffier. This is a, a question I think we have to ask every week where Julio's question, where Julio's status is in doubt. Can you play Matt Ryan if Julio doesn't go this week? For me, the answer is no. I think you could, uh, but he's probably right in the thick of the QB2 ranking. So in season long, you're probably trying to talk yourself into someone else. If you're looking at Matthew Stafford versus Matt Ryan, I'd actually play Stafford against the Packers instead of playing Ryan against the Chargers this week. Uh, But I do think there's a little bit of a reason for hope because we talked about Ryan a few weeks ago in the games that Julio Jones hasn't played this season. It's been pretty ugly. The Bears game, the Panthers game in Week 5, and I believe the Raiders game in Week 12. 
Uh, the Raiders game in Week 12 was a blowout for the Falcons. Matt Ryan still got to 17 fantasy points in that game. That was easily the best of the three games he's played without Ryan, without Jones. So that's definitely something you're worried about. But the Chargers leak points and they leak yardage. This is actually a pretty soft matchup. The only thing that really adds an extra degree of difficulty beyond the possibility of Jones not going is having to go on the road. But going on the road to play the Chargers is probably the easiest road trip in the NFL. And, you know, it's a different year anyway with fans not really being in the stands in a lot of places. So I'm not as down on Ryan as you are, but I do think the Chargers defensively could slow the Falcons' offense down a bit more if Julio's not out there since Kelvin Ridley will draw a lot more attention. Definitely going to be drawing a lot more attention. If I am a Kelvin Ridley manager, I absolutely want Julio out there. I will absolutely give up some targets to get the attention also taken away from Calvin Ridley. And that could be a fun game too, right? I can't remember if this was you who I joked about this with. I think it was uh, Brandon and Jake on our Wednesday ranking show, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Right? This is a 4-8 and eight Falcons team, a 3-9 and nine Chargers team, and the only reason to watch this game is for fantasy and gambling. And it could be a fun fantasy game no matter if Julio is in or if he's out. Someone who we know is going to be out on Sunday is Denzel Mims. Does that make us feel better about Jamison Crowder and or Brashad Perriman? Yeah, I think it's a slight bump up for both. I think with all three of Crowder, Perriman, and Mims healthy the last few weeks, Crowder's target share has been smaller than expected. So you take Mims out of the picture for this week. It's a great matchup against the Seahawks. Uh, from a DFS perspective, Perriman is under 4K on DraftKings. There's obviously a lot of big play potential. Maybe he's more of a high-risk, high-reward tournament play. Uh, I think without Mims, you're looking at Crowder as a possible cash game option now. From that perspective, in season-long leagues, Crowder's absolutely in my lineups. And Perriman, kind of like Antonio Brown we talked about earlier, goes from being in that fringy, let's see who else I have range, to I kind of want to play him because the matchup is just that good. Got to imagine there's going to be a whole lot of dropbacks for Sam Darnold in this game. Jets 13.5 point underdogs as they head across the country to take on the Seahawks. One more story to talk about here, Derek. Not so much a story, just so much as a, a angle to evaluate the Eagles from. Of course, we've been talking all week about Jalen Hurts making his debut start and how it is a very tough spot against the Saints. Tough spot, really, for this entire Eagles offense. Miles Sanders has not been anywhere near what was expected of him, especially after he came back from his injury. But he said he's excited to get a little bit more RPO action in there with Jalen Hurts. Are you more excited for the Eagles with Jalen Hurts? I would say at the very least, it can't get any worse, right? I mean, this has been an offense that has just operated in fits and starts all season and way more fits than there have been starts. At least Hurts gives them the allure of the unknown. And I think that could be a good thing for a team that really has failed to live up to expectations. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz was getting six yards per attempt and turn the ball over so you want to kill an offense you know do those two things yeah, be inefficient and throw picks uh, Jalen Hurts might not be a lot more efficient than that but six yards per attempt is a crazy low bar to clear and not throwing multiple picks would be an upgrade too obviously yeah. Jalen Hurts is mobile we saw that when he took over for Wentz last week in Green Bay I think he can take some shots downfield I like they have both the tight ends healthy right now I think this is an offense that could put a few pieces together down the stretch. But Miles Sanders, to me, is still one of the more frustrating players in the entire league this season because Doug Peterson made comments earlier this week that in order to get Jalen Hurts' success, 
you have to try and establish a little bit of the running game. And I just thought, okay, but you would need to do that for Carson Wentz too. The same, the same principle applies. If Wentz isn't playing well, you'd need to get the run going. And they haven't been able to do that with Sanders. They've given Boston Scott more work than expected. Uh, it's all, just, to me, it's a long way of saying, I believe in the talent of Miles Sanders. He's over five yards per carry this year. I don't understand what has held Doug Peterson back from using him like a legitimate number one back, especially these last two weeks. We've had three games, I think, this season where Miles Sanders has been held to 10 or fewer touches. I hope they give him 20. Coaching malpractice. It's, yeah. it's terrible. And, and Peterson, the comments make it sound like he's some passive observer. Like, this is your offense. You're the head coach. You decide these things. The only thing I'm worried about with Sanders, other than Peterson, it's actually a tough matchup. The Saints do a good job of limiting production from opposing running backs. So even though you know having another mobile quarterback under center is a good thing for Miles Sanders, I think it keeps the efficiency up, we still have to worry about the volume disappearing. And I thought Miles Sanders would be a player that really could thrive in any game script. There have been situations, just like the one we saw in Green Bay, where Miles Sanders should have been targeted five or six times as a pass catcher. He got one target last week. It's crazy. He didn't catch a pass. They were getting blown out in that game. So it definitely could go sideways in a way that I wouldn't have expected at the beginning of the season for Sanders. I actually got a question on Twitter earlier today. It was Sanders versus Cam Akers with the <laughs> season on the line. And I said my slight lean was Sanders, but it's basically a coin flip between those two guys yeah. at this point. Yeah, and that's nowhere where any of us expected to be with this season. And hey, talking about 2021, also Miles Sanders is going to be a very interesting guy to consider in 2021 drafts. We're certainly happy that you considered spending some time with us here this morning on The Athletic Fantasy Football in 15. We are going to wrap things up, call it a show, and call it a week on Fantasy Football in 15. DVR and I will be back with you next week if you want to get into The Athletic. And hey, give a gift to someone as well. Go to theathletic.com slash footballin15. You can get yourself a subscription and then get one for free to gift to someone in this season of giving. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. We will talk with you next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day and enjoy all of the Week 14 action.